0: You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Today I told you to turn to the Hebrew songbook. And I told you to turn to a song this morning. And the song that I told you to turn to was the 46th song of of the hymn book. Now we don't sing this, because put it to English, it's changed some as far as the the musical aspect of it, but this is literally a song. And the song that we're going to read this morning was very similar, would have been very similar to the Star-Spangled Banner for us. See, this song would have been sung in a similar way for similar purposes and would have evoked similar emotions. In fact, for many years, uh, during the Old Testament, before every ball game, they would get up and sing Psalm 46. Just see if he was paying attention, all right? Uh, but uh, they, did, they didn't have ball games to sing Psalm 46, okay? But, uh, they did, but I'm just trying to say that the great and mighty Assyrian army was devouring the Middle East like a school of starving piranha devouring a calf in the water. If you've ever seen that, get the picture. I thought about putting a video of that, but then changed my mind. That's how the Assyrians were moving, the mighty Assyrians. But God gave the victory. And the Assyrians, without a a bow, without an arrow ever being fired, without a rock or a spear or anything else, without any sword whatsoever, the Assyrian army was defeated. They had already defeated everybody around them. This psalm was inspired, this song was inspired by a people who had overwhelming forces coming all around them. This was inspired by a people who, if you just look at it from an earthly standpoint, were without any sort of hope whatsoever as this overwhelming force came against them. It was an army much greater than they were. The strength of the Assyrians was much greater than that of the Israelites, those there in Judah. Now, we've said this, we've been preaching about it for weeks. But are you, you ever get in a place in your life to where you feel like the circumstances you're experiencing are greater than you? Do you ever feel like the circumstances, the, 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 the things that come against your home, the things that are coming against our country, if you want to go on the big scale of things, And it could be all the way to, uh, you know, I think about, we, we preach messages like this, and a lot of times people think about the things that adults are having to deal with. But I'm telling you, young people, there's a lot of young people, teenagers and younger, feeling overwhelmed today. So this message is for you just as much as it is for anyone. We get surrounded. And have you ever gotten a place in your life where you didn't see any way out? That's where these people were. But I want to let you know something. God likes to work when nothing else will. When the doctor says, sorry, there's nothing else I can do, God says, there's something I can do. I mean, man, when we get into a situation and it's just like, I'm done. I've done everything I know I can do. That's when God says, hold on, now it's time for me to do something. God likes to work when our backs are against the wall. God likes to work when nothing else will. And that's exactly what he did here. So in this psalm, we find that in the midst of all that was going on, there was one city, one people that looked upward, that looked inward, that got their hearts right with God, and that went to church. That's the last three messages that we've preached. They trusted in the Lord. In other words, they trusted in the Lord and continued to worship Him. What are you going to do when things get hard? Because I got news for you, if things are not hard for you right now, there's coming a day in your life where things are going to get hard. Now it may be hard to the extent, have you ever had, been going through something in your life, something really hard, and you try to share it with somebody else, and they look at you cross-eyed like, is that really that big of a deal? <laughs> yes, it is. A, it may be a situation like that to where people are like, I don't understand why you're so upset. Or it could be something to where everybody knows why you're upset. But I'm talking about just not knowing a way out. I mean, it just being difficult. What are you going to do? Because let me tell you something, you need to decide right now what you're going to do. And what I'm trying to tell you to do this morning, if you want to be able to sing a song when it's all over and God gives victory, don't quit. Don't give in. But trust, look to the Lord. Look to your heart and see where you stand with God. Make sure there's nothing that, is, that you've allowed in your life that is hindering God wanting to work in your life, sin and disobedience. Make sure you're faithful to worship Him. Make sure you're faithful to church. Amen. I mean, that's what they did. And then at the end of that, when God gave the victory and the Assyrians were defeated, they were to sing this song. So, first of all, let's look here at these first two or three verses. Psalm 46, the Bible says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. Selah. So, first of all, we see what's being sung about here is something we can sing about as well. Number one, that is the refuge. First of all, notice how personal our refuge is. God is our refuge, He's the place that we can go. That word refuge right there literally means a place which to go quietly for protection. I mean, God is our place to go. And it's so personal. God is our refuge and strength. And notice this, a very present help. He's present. Our refuge is personal. Our refuge is present. He is. He's right there with you. And you may not always be able to sense Him, but I'm telling you, He's with you. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. It's personal. It's it's personal. It's also powerful. The Bible says he's a help in trouble. See, we don't just serve a God that's a God of the good times or a God just of the mountains. That's what the Philistines thought about the Hebrews in one time. You know, they said, oh, their God's a God of the mountains. We'll get them down to the valley and we'll get defeated. (laughs) See, sometimes the enemy looks at us. I mean, just like he did, just like Satan did with Job. See, see, he's just serving you because things are good. He's up on the mountain. You're just a God of the mountains. But if we can get them down here where things are going rough in their life, if we can get them down here to where they don't know what they're going to do, if we can get you as a teenager to where you don't see any, any help, any way out, and you're confused about this, what you're, how you're going to go forward in this life, the devil thinks if he can just get you into that spot, he'll have you because he thinks your God is just a God of the mountains. But the good news is, our God is not just a God of the mountains. He's also a God of the valleys. And you may not feel Him there in your deepest, darkest times. But I'm telling you, He's there in your deepest, darkest times. I mean, that word trouble right there literally means tight, tight spaces, tight places. You ever get in a tight spot? You can't maneuver. You don't know how to get out. But praise God, let me tell you something. My God, your God. Hey, listen, He's our refuge. He's our strength. He's a very present in the time of trouble. That word, uh, the the word for God there in verse 1 is the word Elohim. See, God is such a great God. Just saying God does not quite uh, describe it a lot of times enough. So He uses different names. He uses the word Elohim, the name Elohim. And that just means the mighty God. Why? Because... What do you think, when we're being overwhelmed, we're overwhelmed because we feel outmatched. Why? Because we feel like, or perhaps we just flat out know, that that which is coming against us is stronger than we are. And what we have a hard time doing sometimes is getting, we, we, we look two places. First of all, we look at ourselves, and then we look out at the problem and say, that's too big too big i don't see a way out i don't see any any way to escape this see but there's one more look you need to take and it's that at the mighty god amen the god that's with you is not just some distant grandpa god sit up on a rocking chair somewhere he's the mighty god i love how the psalmist says in some places the the bible says he's going to show his arm. He's going to show his arm. He's going to flex on your enemy. He's going to flex on your problem. I like that. He's the mighty God. So he's a personal God. He's a present God. He's a personal refuge, a a personal and present refuge. He's also a powerful refuge. But I want to say this also He's a permanent refuge. Notice what it says there, verse 2, Though the mountains be removed and all that, carried to the midst of the sea, though the waters swell. See, there's two different applications here. Number one, for one thing, he's saying, I don't care if everything falls apart. There was somebody years ago who wrote a song, and they put it this way, If I hit rock bottom, I'm still on the rock. Amen? That come what may, I'm telling you, we got brothers and sisters all around this world today that are being jailed, persecuted for the cause of Christ. But there's one thing, see, see, the enemy's trying to shake their world, move their mountains, drown them in the flood. But one thing they can never take away and change is the God that they know and the God that is with them, amen? That's why they stand the way they do. God bless them. But there's another interesting thing. For one thing, a lot of times if we're not careful, I think the earth could also represent what we're trusting in. What we're putting our hope in. Maybe that which we've always trusted in, but then God says, no, the enemy may come, and that may be gone. What are you going to trust in then? We've got a God who's permanent. Amen. But there's another one. This is pretty cool, I feel like, in 2021. This is a pretty good application of, the, of another meaning of where the Bible says, though the earth be removed. The earth right there is, could be used as land as well and to be removed could also refer to the changing of hands. The changing of hands. So in other words, even if the Assyrians come take over, and there's a new regime, or there's a new administration, that's all right, because our refuge is not in the political. Our refuge is in the powerful God. Amen. Our refuge is in the permanent. So, to change hands. So neither natural nor national disaster can touch the strength of the refuge that we have in God. I'll say that again. Neither natural, natural or national disaster can touch the strength of the refuge that we have in God. That's why God's people, man, I'm gonna get ahead, I won't get ahead of myself. You just hold on. I'll get there, all right? Oh, and by the way, a lot of times when people read the Psalms, it bothers me when I, I hear a preacher sometimes preaching. And they'll be reading through the Psalms. And you know what they do when they get to that little word that you see at the end of verse number 3? Selah. You know what they'll do? They'll just skip it. They won't even read it. They think, man, what are you doing? That word Selah means stop, pause, think, refrain. Think about this. Somebody says you can put it this way. What do you think about that? (laughs) So you can look at it a couple ways. Here's the truth. What do you think about that? But another thing, it's an instruction. Think about this. What are you thinking about? Are you thinking about the power of the enemy? Or are you thinking about your personal, present, powerful, permanent God? He's saying think about this. Amen? goes to Michael's uh, message that he preached Wednesday, which is great if you could look that up and listen to it again. Uh, But think about that, he says. So Psalm 46, verse 4, let's continue on here. There is a river. There is a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. The heathen raged and the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice and the earth melted. So we see the refuge, but number two, we see the river. There is a river. We talked about this last week, but that's quite a literal river. If you've ever been to Israel, you would have the opportunity to see uh, this site that he's talking about there. In, uh, there, there, was a, there was this river, a marvelous river. It was hidden, it was unseen, it was an unfailing supply of water flowing into the very middle of the city of Jerusalem. King Hezekiah had his engineers divert the waters from the spring of Gihon through an 1800 foot conduit that was hewn out of solid rock, hewn out of solid rock. And, uh, and then he covered the ancient spring so that the enemy would not know it was there. So quite literally, while the Assyrians uh, had Jerusalem under siege, there was a river, there was water flowing right into the city that the enemy didn't know about. It was hidden. And, but not only this, notice what it says there as well. It says, there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy places of the tabernacles of the Most High. So there's gladness here. Think about this again. He says in this refuge, when on the outside all this crazy stuff is happening, if we, Selah, think about the truth of who we are and who he is and relate that to the circumstances around us, we can be glad. He said the the streams will make glad the city of God. See, the enemy wants to cut off our supply. He wants to cut off your joy. He wants to cut off your hope. The enemy wants to steal your joy, take your smile. But I'm telling you, listen, if we focus on the right things, we'll realize we've got a river. So there's the marvelous river, but then secondly, there's the mysterious resident. The Bible says God is in the midst of her. Isn't that an interesting thing? Had a hard time getting that out. It's an interesting thing. God is in the midst of this river. Now, that's an interesting thing to think about for a couple of reasons. The Bible says he's in the midst, which is just to say he's right in the middle of it. He's right uh, there with the river. But there's a picture that God's trying to give us. Do you remember Matthew chapter number 18, verse 20? For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Right there among them. Uh, Jesus many times was in the midst. I mean, listen, he was right among them. There was times when they was in the upper room, a scare, then Jesus came in in the midst of them. He was in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks in Revelation. We find him many times right in the midst. He is there. Thank you. All right, so listen, notice what it goes on to say there. Uh, The the, the river there makes glad the city of God. Again, going down to verse number... Five, God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved. God shall help her and that right early. Couple cool things here. Now the Lord changes gears here. When you get down to verse number seven, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Again, he says, Selah. But the Lord of hosts, right there, I just this is a cool little Bible study. Uh, nugget, if you will, when you're reading through the Old Testament and you see the word Lord in all caps, that refers to Yahweh, Jehovah. It refers to the great I am that I am. So he starts off by saying the mighty God, Elohim, is with us, and then also the same God, but just emphasizing another one of his... Aspects, the I am, the Yahweh, the covenant keeping God is with us. Now, that word with us, now, if you're just reading that, maybe you miss with us. But that has a familiar ring to it if you study over in the New Testament. And the Hebrew uh, reader would have recognized it instantly when they read the Hebrew text. Because here's what it says The, the Lord of hosts is Emmanuel, Iman, Emmanuel, with us. And if I continue that a little bit, we know that that's a part of the great messianic title of the Lord Jesus Christ, when the Bible says uh, that He shall be called Emmanuel. L is a, that's another name or, or, or symbol for God, Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. God with us. <coughs> See, God is with us. The enemy, folks, was defeated before they ever left Assyria. I don't care what may come against us. I'm telling you, we have victory. Hey, yeah, okay, the earth may be removed. The land may change hands. Administrations may change. But we still have victory in the Lord. We have victory in Jesus. We have a marvelous river. So this river... It's just, think about it for a moment. Jesus said this in John 4, verse 14. He says, But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him. A well of water springing up into everlasting life. John 7, verse 37 and 38 the Bible says, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, <clears throat> let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scriptures hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. There's a river, folks. If you're saved by the grace of God, you have the Holy Spirit of God dwelling on the inside of you. And he flows like a river. We don't need to thirst after the things of this world when we've got a river on the inside. Amen. And though though the enemy may lay siege around us, folks, we still have an unhidden source. And by God's grace, that's how we as God people keep on moving on. It's not in our own strength. It's in his strength. He's our strength. Where do you go for refuge? Refuge. People go to all kinds of different places when things get hard. Be careful as a Christian because if you're not careful, you might try to go to some old habit for a refuge. It happens. But let me tell you something. Do you remember the reason you left that old habit to start with? Because it didn't work. Amen? Don't go to that old habit. Don't go to that old way. I mean, I'm talking about anything from drinking to uh, going out someplace you shouldn't go. Anything from, listen, shutting yourself off from everybody else. Locking yourself away. That's not a good refuge. Child of God, you can find refuge in Him. That's a strong refuge. Any of these other refuges, the enemy can still get to you. But in God he, they, they can't get to us. See, we have the river on the inside. The Holy Spirit of God has come down from the throne of God to fill our hearts and provide us with a deep, unfailing river of spiritual supply. No enemy can stop him from flowing into us and through us. The enemy tries to stop the move of God and the work of God, but it just goes on. We talked about that last week. Why? Because the Spirit of God just keeps on flowing. Amen? Amen. The enemy can't stop it. Uh, And one of the cool ironies of this whole thing is going back to the story of Hezekiah and Sennacherib and the whole crowd. I love it whenever Sennacherib's general, uh, Rashaka, comes to trash talk and smack talk and blaspheme God, the Bible just had to include that he was standing right by the spring of Gihon. He was right by the source running his trap. And I think there could have been a little snickering going on maybe if they would have had their minds in the right place. Dude, you're talking about starving us out, thirsting us out, but the whole time we know God's got something going on inside of here you don't know nothing about. And that needs to be our attitude toward this world. Do you ever feel like the world's mocking you? you ever feel like sin is mocking you? Of the failure you are? at the inability to live a victorious life, whatever it may be. Folks, you don't need to listen to that enemy. You need to listen to God and realize who you really are in Christ and where you can go in Christ, and that is to the Lord. And what does he say? Selah. Think about that. Think about that. Oh, no, preacher, you don't know. I've got to think about this. I've got to keep thinking about this this terrible stuff. I'm just, you know... You can only think one thought at a time. And I want to encourage you today, think, the Lord's trying to encourage you. God is our refuge, think about that. There's a river, think about that. Uh, Lord Byron wrote a poem about the whole Assyrian siege uh, years ago, and I'm going to try to just share that with you this morning. As we look at uh, Psalm 46, verses 10 through 11, But here's what the poem just simply says. The Assyrian came down like the wolf on the fold, and his cohorts were gleaming in purple and gold. And the sheen of their spears was like stars on the sea when the blue waves roll nightly on deep Galilee. Like the leaves of the forest when summer is green, that host with their banners at sunset was seen." Like leaves of the forest, when autumn hath blown, the host on the morrow lay withered and strong. For the angel of death spread his wings on the blast and breathed in the face of the foe as he passed. And the eyes of the sleepers waxed deadly and chill, and their hearts but once heaved and forever grew still. And the widows of Asher are loud in their well... And the idols are broke in the temple of Baal. And the mighty of the Gentile, unsmote by the sword, hath melted like snow at the glance of the Lord. Folks, Psalm 46 verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. Folks, we see what God is doing here and what he's trying to communicate to our hearts. The ruler is what we now see. We've seen our refuge. We see the river, but now let's consider our ruler. There's a call here to believe some things. Be still and know that I am God. Number one, we need to believe today. If you're going to be able to thrive and survive and and, and experience revival in the midst of even the most adverse circumstances, the first thing you're going to have to believe is in God's person. He says, be still and know that I am God. You need to be still. Be still. I read that the other day and I thought to myself, man, we need to chill and we need to instill. Be still and know. Chill. Chill. Quit freaking out so much, man. Quit losing it. Just chill. Be still. Be still and instill. Be still, chill, and know. Instill this. Know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. We need to settle our minds down and know some things. You ever, have you ever talked to somebody that's in a panic state? Or you ever been in a panic state? <laughs> On both counts. Um, <laughs> listen, we go through these times to where, and you're trying to communicate to somebody, you're trying to kind of talk them down, you know. And what they always say is, I know, I know, I know. And you don't say, fool, you don't know. If you knew, you wouldn't be acting crazy, right? I know, I know, no. Be still and know. Listen. Settle down for a second. Find, get in this refuge. Get away from the craziness. Find a place and get alone with God. You say, preacher, I'm not even sure how to pray. Man, you just go somewhere and pour your heart out to God. I'll tell you a couple cool things about prayer. Did you know that tears are a language that God understands? the Bible says in Romans 8 I believe it is that the spirit of God makes intercession of us for us with groanings that cannot be uttered there's been times Ron that it's been so I, I don't know what to say I mean not just up here but where I've been burdened and going through such a tough time and Zach all I know to do all I can do is I'll just get down somewhere on my face before God and I'll just say oh God Oh, Lord, I I don't even have words. But I want to tell you something. What the Bible's saying is the Spirit of God is taking that and translating it and saying, Lord, here's what he needs. You know what he needs. You don't have to have words. Sometimes you just need to get somewhere, be still, settle your mind down, say, God, help me. Anybody? God, help me. I'm about to lose it. God, help me. I'm about to do something really stupid. Be still. Get away for a moment. Be still, he says. Chill. Instill the truth in in your mind. Be still and know. Know what? Know that I am. I'd like to start preaching right here when I need to start stopping, but I just want to tell you something. The thing about being surrounded like this is that we have a lot of I can'ts, and I'm not. I'm going through something. And I, Lord, I'm not able to handle this. You know what God's answer to that is? I am. He's the I am. God, this is something you're asking me to do. Hey, anybody ever think being a parent's hard? Anybody ever think being a student is hard or a, a young person is hard sometimes? And you're thinking to yourself, I don't know if I can do this. But God has an answer for you. See, because Moses was like, Lord, I'm not eloquent. You know what God said? I am. Amen. (laughs) See, whatever you're not, he is. Amen. So we look to him and we look to the I am. He's the I am. So he says, be still and know that I am God. But not only be still and know that I am God, he goes on to say this. Be still and know that I am God. I will. We need to believe that God is, I am. We also need to believe that he will. He's the I am. He's the I will. (laughs) Woo! Amen. He's the I am. He's the I will. There's a lot of things and people in this world you can't count on. But praise God we can count on him. Amen. (laughs) Amen. There's some of you looking at me like a calf looking at a new gate, you know, just. But I'm trying to tell you, my God's good. And if you don't know him today, you can know him. If you know him today, but you've been seeking refuge in other places, man, go to God. You've been trying to get a drink in other places. No, no, no. Get a drink from the fountain. Amen. He's the I am. He's the I will. See, that tells us about God's person. So trust God's person. Believe God's person. Number two, quickly, uh, believe God's plan. I will be exalted among the heathen. See, in other words, ultimately, God is not surprised by what we're going through. He's got a plan. He's not going to let the enemy win. You said, "I I thought you said our brothers and sisters were being persecuted. Locked up. They are, but they're not winning. We talked about China already. The more they persecute them, the more the church grows. Oh, they're winning, preacher. There's another executive order signed. They're winning. No. Ultimately, God's going to win. We're going to win. Amen? We're more than conquerors through him that loved us. See, no matter what the circumstances, we need to believe and trust that God will bring the circumstances we're going through to bring, bring glory to himself. The Assyrians, that ultimately brought glory to God. That which was overwhelming brought glory to God. We need to believe that he is the I will. See, you think about it. He, the, the enemy puts Joseph into prison to rot. But the Bible says the Lord was with him and raised him up, you see. The enemy does one thing, but they don't win. God works good out of it. I mean, listen, he allowed the three Hebrew uh, children to be tossed into the fiery furnace, but the enemy didn't win. He delivered them through it. Folks, he allowed the enemy to crucify his son, but the enemy didn't win because he rose again, and he, we know he laid his life down freely, and what was he doing by that? Man, he was he was delivering a blow to the enemy that he would never recover from. I love the way the Lord puts it, by the way. He says, you may bru- you, you're may you going to bruise his heel, but he's going to bruise your head. So in other words, it's almost like Jesus got a little owie on his foot when he stomped Satan's head in. And then here's the enemy saying, woo, look what I did. And Jesus saying, mm. so it looks like the enemy won, but the enemy don't win. In the end, the Lord gets the the glory and the blessing. So he's the I am. He's the I will. But I want to close with this one this morning. He's the I is. You see, preacher, that ain't good English. Well, that had not stopped me yet, has it? He's the I is. He's the I am. He's the I will. He's the I is. Psalm 46, verse number 11, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Throughout this entire psalm, what do you see? The Lord is. The Lord is. The Lord is. In other words, God's presence. It's such good news that the psalmist writes it a couple different times, don't he? The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our strength. Selah. One angel in one night could kill the Assyrian army. Countless angels are at God's charge ready to act upon God's command. Remember, just hang with me. Give me 90 seconds. Put it on the clock. Start running it. 90 seconds, okay? You say you're already halfway through. I know, and I lost my train of thought. One angel killed 185,000 Assyrians in one night. There's countless angels at God's charge right now. Whatever's against us, God could send the angels right now to aid you. That's pretty awesome. I'd like to have that angel that killed 185,000 hanging out with me. How how about you? All right. Uh, But listen, we got something better. Because he didn't say, I'm going to send that angel with us. God is with us. Mm. Y'all didn't hear me. I said God is with us. The I am, the creator, the sustainer. Hallelujah. That God's with me. Times are dark. Times are tough. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know. But he does. He's the I am. He's the I will. He's the I is. I can trust in him. Amen.